Welcome to the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on current events, trends, market reports, and community discussions. Join us each week from Tampa, Florida, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Patrick Kelly. Welcome back to the Produce Industry Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly. As always, I am honored to be here coming to you live from Tampa, Florida. Now today, we have three back-to-back-to-back interviews, but don't you worry, they are short, sweet, and valuable. So we have our fancy partner on the line, Terra Exports, Yulia Kalina, the Director of Domestic Sales. We're going to chat with Yulia about her time in the produce industry, as well as how she got started, which is a really cool story. Then we are going to talk to our choice partner, Matt DeBoer from Ag Tools. That's right, Data Insights, see more, achieve more. And third, we have our featured guest, Mary Blackman, founder of Farm Star Living. And before we get into our conversations today, let's look at some of the events that we have coming up. We had Six River Systems that was last week that had their virtual showcase. You know, I got a package in the mail from them and I have not yet opened it. So stay tuned because you'll be seeing that on the YouTube channel shortly. And let's see, we've got the United Fresh Washington Policy Conference uh, coming up September 21st through the 25th, um, as well as we have PodFest Masterclass uh, that is coming up September 28th through October 5th. I am actually speaking at one of these masterclasses on the Produce Industry Podcast. So without further ado, let's get some of our guests on the line and have some real talk with professional industry leaders. Hey, Yulia, welcome to the show today. Hey, Patrick. Thank you so much for having me here. Really, this is just so exciting for me. I never dreamed that I would be on a podcast, let alone a produce industry-specific podcast. This is just such a cool idea, and I'm so glad to be here and excited to participate. Thank you so much for having me. Nah, for sure. So you and me are on the same page because I never thought about it either. I never thought this would happen, and uh, I'm very humbled and honored um, to be able to have guests like yourself and to be partners um, with Terra Exports. It's, it's a real privilege to have you guys as a fancy partner. And your team is so dynamic. I mean, I've been learning from Niels a lot about your team. You've got a very young team. Heck, we've been talking about that off the mic a lot too, right? I wish we would have had it on the record button on earlier, but your team is very young. And I think that's an advantage for you, as like as you said earlier, but, you know, can you talk about that a little bit? I mean, your team is young, you know, you're young. How did you get into this produce industry and develop this kind of uh, state where you are today? Yeah, definitely, Patrick. You have no idea how lucky I am to have the team around me. You know, but let me give you just a little bit of background. So maybe you noticed from my very weird, unique name. So I was born in Russia. And we actually immigrated to Tucson, Arizona, out of all places. Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity there to go to Arizona State University. My father was just like this really smart man that told me one day, everybody's always got to eat. So I went to study. Yeah, I went to study international agricultural business over there and had an opportunity to um, ASU is one of the schools that gets selected to go to the PMA. It's the Foundation for Industry Talent. They think they call it something else now, but, you know, it's all those young college kids that are running around with their notebooks, like following everybody, trying to get a job. 
And well, there was somehow one guy out there that decided to give me a chance and I got it. I, you know, I got a chance to get an insight to this business. I worked for a small company out there in Arizona, had an opportunity to move here to Miami where I am now living the dream right here on the beach, loving it. And after, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, either people love it or hate it, but for me, this is I'll start totally home Smith right now. Don't, don't get me, no, started. Don't I, you get me started. I swear to you, I played that song on repeat for about <laughs> a month every day before I moved here. I was so pumped. Welcome like to Miami. Uh, it's really, it's just absolutely the best <laughs> So, you know, I got that experience working in a, in a small shipper all the way up to one of the largest shippers, one of the biggest corporate companies that there is. And, you know, after both of them, let's say, maybe nicely told me to leave, I found Niels. You know, we, we actually, yeah, we connected through LinkedIn. This guy is just such an amazing leader. I'm so lucky. He's such a visionary. He's just got this way of connecting the right people together to really make something just out of nothing. And, you know, it all really stems from him, from him giving me a chance and believing in me, giving me the opportunity to create something that, you know, something out of nothing. And now, you know, six years later, I've got just together with the right leadership and the right team, you know, we're really getting an opportunity to live out our dreams and make our own programs. Well, and that's what it's about, right? It's about kind of building this foundation. And, and Nils is pretty cool. I've talked to him on and off the mic a lot. Um, he's very tech savvy, very cool guy. He's got a rock band, right? It's like him and I were exchanging pictures of, uh, uh, what was it? People we've had pictures with, like within rock bands. And we were like, guess whose band this is? And guess where I am like in this? So no, Nils, Nils is a great guy. And and he allows, you know, people like yourself to expand and grow your network. I mean, and that's what I've noticed too about you. I mean, um, you're the director of sales over at Terra Exports, you know, and you do a lot of good work. Heck, our team has connected already. Like I've always said, we're a citrus uh, program, right, on my other side of the business. But we've connected on other things like avocados and other types of business um, that we never thought was possible. And that's because, like I said, we linked up with Niels and we were able to start having conversation. Um, and that's lead generation, right? And it's about relationships, right? These are all things that come when you start to build relationships and start to build things within your industry. Um, I did want to tell you, it's the Center for Growing Talent. That's what it's called oh, for the PMA that's now. It just came now. to me. Yep. Well, that, see, that ages me there, man. You know, I've been doing this for a while and you'll they, they had to come up with now. a better name. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It, this, you know, it's about 10, 12 years since then. And um, I really got to say, Niels is just, yeah, he's an amazing guy. He really gives us all an opportunity to, you know, make our own decisions and feel empowered. Everyone feels like this business is, you know, a part of theirs. And, and at the end of the day, he really does just think he's a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what he, that's, just, that's, that's who he is. It's, it's pretty cool. But, you know, that's where our culture comes from. It really comes, you know, from that type of leadership. Yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, what's, you know, what's interesting too, is that when Niels posted on LinkedIn about a couple of weeks ago, it was all about um, your employees. Then he was like, thank you, you know, for the eight years and everything. But I think he mentioned there was over 26 um, 
is it nationalities or different cultures that actually work for you, uh, like work for Terra Exports? I mean, that's what I thought was so amazing. I mean, talk about culture. I mean, that's hard as a leader, one, to manage uh, all these people, right? It's hard as a leader to manage people. But on top of that, I mean, think about the diversity, the culture. I mean, everything is kind of a, I would say, a transformational approach. I mean, even with yourself managing different team members, I mean, you're having to have a transformational leadership approach to each, each individual culture. Am I right? Or what, 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 how, do you, how do you lead there? Oh, definitely. No, that's exactly right. We now have five divisions around the world. We've got people all over here in the U.S., guys in Canada, Mexico, Colombia, Chile, London, Ukraine. We, we have a girl in Hong Kong. Like Everyone is multicultural from a different place. We all speak at least two languages. That's so part of our, our core. And that's exactly how Niels is. That's value. I mean, that's value too. I mean, I tell my wife all the time, I want to learn another language. I tried to in high school, I tried to learn Spanish. I tried to learn French. And I think it just, it, I always tell this to people. I said, I think back in my early ages, I was that arrogant American. And I think you get that because obviously you've come from a different country. You speak other languages. And I remember even being in Hong Kong I, and, you know, back in the days when, you know, when they said, hey, you got to wear your mask in 2015, I was like, I'm not wearing my mask. And then all of a sudden we're wearing masks here. You know what I mean? It's like, I think that there's that, uh, there's a barrier that ends up crossing. And I was never able to learn the, the other language. I was never able to learn those other cultures until I was actually forced into it, right? I remember the first time traveling overseas is like, I was so afraid, but I also thought like, oh, but you know, I'm fine. I'm from the United States. But it was like, it was, it was crazy. It was, what is it? Ready? Culture shock. I had. Oh, definitely. Shock, right. So no, I got to tell you when all this, you know, COVID stuff happened, my fiance is just a very smart man. I think he saw something in the news back in January that said like, nobody buy masks. And what do you think he did? The first thing he did was buy a bunch of masks. Buy a couple so, masks. Oh yeah. When this thing started, I remember no one was wearing masks yet. Me and him were like, okay, we think it's about to get crazy. Who knows what's going to happen? Let's put our masks on. Let's put gloves on. Let's go to the store. Let's stock up. And it was such an uncomfortable feeling because we just weren't used to that. But you know what we do here is we try and play on the culture of the different people. Like just for example, with my team and with me, I mean, yes, I speak Russian. That's fantastic and everything. But here in the U.S., I mean, unless maybe I'm talking to some, you know, truck driver every now and then, it doesn't eh, do me too much good, but I don't speak Spanish. And it's so important in our business here. So I've hired people that do. And I try to elevate their exactly. strengths with their culture and their language. Like, oh man, my, both my sales girls, one is, one is Mexican, the other one is Colombian. My sales guy, he's Peruvian. You know, that's, that's how we utilize their strengths to network them better with our suppliers and packers, those that maybe I haven't been able to communicate with as well. They just kind of take that on. And I completely agree with you because you're right. You're hiring people that are smarter than you. Why would you hire another person that speaks Russian when 
you have that covered already. So you're looking beyond the scope. And then, like I said, you're growing your culture and your community within Terra Exports. So I, I do love that. I, I do. I think it's a smart thing to do. I think building your business in different ways, right? It's not like you're like, oh, I'm going to hire a technology rep. You're like, okay, our business, you know, aligns ourselves in these different countries and these different uh, verticals. So we need to make sure we have people that fit these verticals and fit these regions, right? Like you said, the, the, the gal in Hong Kong, the same thing. I hired a Korean, um, still my best friend to this day. Shout out to Jahoon Kim. Um, but I hired him. You mean, back- you mean Matthew, right? No. Oh, oh my gosh. He's going to, he's going to hear this. And, and, and he's like, oh my gosh. I hope he's laughing right now. Uh, Matthew Kim. Uh, and we say that Jahoon because Yulia called herself Julia back in the oh, day. Oh yeah. So uh, Jahoon, she had her own American name, but the same, I hired him. And what did I do right when I hired him? He said, what do we do with Korean market? I said, I think you need to start hitting up the H marks, the home pluses, all these different people and start letting them know that you're in the produce and supply chain industry. And that immediately at least gave us a door to start talking to the Korean marketplace, to these different people. So I do, I commend you on it. And it's hard. It's very hard. Definitely. You got to let our people use their strengths. And, you know, aside, of course, from just the diversity and the language, like everyone here we're just so, what's the word, like ready and willing. You know, we're here, we're client servicing, we're always available. Yeah. Anyone here that you ask, we wake up in the morning, the first thing we do is we look at our phone. Like we're just, <laughs> we're always on. That's part of this business. And we're always here to make sure that our customers are purchasing smart. You know, we're helping them make their decisions. We want to make sure that they're staying out of risky situations. As you are very aware, it's fruit, you know, it's veggies. Like that's, that's not going to last too long. You buy something. Yeah. If you buy something and it's in a downward market and you're struggling to move it, you can lose a lot of money. That's part of our responsibility. We're here to have an overall market view on the commodities that we handle provide that information to our customers for them to make smart purchasing decisions so we can help them, you know, alleviate their risk and make as much profit as they can. That's, that's what we're here for. Yeah, for sure. And here's the crazy thing that people probably don't understand either. Uh, Terra Exports was on Inc. 5000's list three times. Okay. Not in a row, three times over the last few years, they've been on Inc. 5000's list. Okay. Listen, people, Take a lesson because you can't get to that list with just focusing on the numbers. Yulia just said it. They focus on numbers, obviously, but it's all about smart purchases, customer service, and being in line with your community and your culture. So, Yulia, I want to thank you for coming on the show today. If anybody wants to get a hold of yourself or Terra Experts, what, what's the best way they can uh, link up with you? I mean, of course, they can always reach out to me on my email. I'm not sure if we like post it somewhere here or what the right method is, you know, or of course, go on our website. There's a, got a new cool website going on there that Niels has been working on for us. And there's a general email there as well that will prompt you to any division that you'd like to speak to. Awesome. Well, I do appreciate you coming on the show and thank you so much for Terra Exports being a fancy partner of the Produce Industry Podcast. This is so just necessary and needed for our industry and I really can't wait to see how this grows. 
It's always great to talk to Yulia and everybody over at Terra Exports. Now we are going to move into our choice partner. We're going to have some fun and talk to Matt DeBoer at Ag Tools. So let's get Matt on the line. Hey, Matt, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks, Patrick. Great to be back. It's always great to have you back. And we appreciate Ag Tools being a choice partner of the Produce Industry Podcast. We've done a lot of content over the last couple of months. You were our first first partner of the podcast so we greatly appreciate you and your entire team and the entire team at ag tools well it's been a pleasure for us and and you know you're doing a great job and, and it's a, really a no-brainer because you're doing what it is that, that we want to do as well and just uh, start conversations out there in in the produce industry so we can't thank you enough for taking the lead on that and uh, leading the charge for us oh man thank you so much it's great to hear in the produce industry like we said feedback is uh, or good feedback is always few and far between am i right i mean me and you were both produce salesmen so we know when you get feedback saying hey your fruit was good you're like what what (laughs) so i I do appreciate that but you know what we're here to talk about ag tools today Um, we don't have a full list of guests that are going to go crazy and talk for 30 minutes we're going to get right down to it okay and i always said you know when people put out good content we have to recognize it am i right I mean, we have got to recognize it. So you put out an article, I would say roughly a few weeks back, and I'm going to start by saying it. You want a peach of me? Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, uh, it's actually been one of the most discussed pieces that, that we put out, which has been kind of neat because that was kind of the, the goal of, of the whole article was to get people talking. And, and I've heard from both sides, from retail side to to grower side, you know, saying, giving me their opinion and, and, and saying, yeah, this is something we need to talk about. And, you know, that's really the, the key behind good data is to get people talking. It's, it's not to find the direct answer or whatever. You know, in some cases it does that, but really what we want to do is we kind of want to, we want to be the conduit between growers and, and, and shippers and retailers to provide that visibility and that data that will get people talking. And the, the peach article was, was one, um, you know, that did just that. And the, the overarching uh, question was, are we doing damage by making products uh, available year-round? Have we lost uh, the consumer because we've, we've gotten away from seasonality? And, and that's exactly what we've done with, with stone fruit is, you know, I remember back when I was a, a shipper and, and we were selling stone fruit to retailers we would have ripening rooms and all these things and it was kind of a science to make sure that the product got out there just perfectly and now it's just year-round availability and if that consumer goes in and buys a peach in march and it, and it tastes horrible well they're not going to be buying it in peak season you know so the question really That's was true. what's going on with the numbers Let's look at, you know, is, are we, are sales really up there during those off season times that it's worth carrying year round? Or would we have a greater impact on sales if we went back to seasonality? And that's something I would love to, to, to bring in, you know, a couple of growers and shippers and a couple of retailers and, and, and put this data in front of everybody and, and have that conversation. Because obviously from the retail side, if, if they replace it, they need to replace it with something, not empty shelves. Yeah. You know, so what's what's the further solution? Not, but, and, not and not chocolate cake. <laughs> well, I, I take chocolate cake, but mm. um, you know the other thing is, is, you know, what does their shrink look like during these off-season times? You know, it's got to be you know higher than 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 peak season and so forth. So there's so many questions uh, 
and, and we would just love to see the impact that this data could have. For sure. And I know one of your objectives at Ag Tools is eliminating food waste as well, because that's what this data, I mean, not just this data, the data shows, because there are a lot of things. If we go back, go to, you know, episode four with Shea Myers, Shea Myers was talking about how much onions they were dumping in the fields because they were not able to get them to a store or a wholesaler, distributor, or a restaurant because of the pandemic. And now I'm not saying that he threw all of it away, but he talks about that, right? I mean, heck, sure. he was on with New York Times talking about how much, you know, 30, 40 million pounds of onions that were being dumped, right, in the fields. Um, so obviously, you know, food waste is a big problem. And if there were other products, imports, right, all these other things coming in, obviously, yes, it affects everything. And, and the consumer, and I'm not sure if it's the consumer anymore, because I'm going to be real, Matt, and oh, gosh, I might get in trouble for this. I hope not. Um, but listen, dude, I buy oranges during peak California season, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and I love my oranges. My family's been in oranges, you know, citrus for a very long time. And trust me, I've tasted everything from an early, uh, nasty, uh, bitter navel orange, right? You know, in, in uh, early October, I gassed orange. Um, but you know, what's funny is, is I'm always like, I can't wait till February, March comes and you could just peel off that, uh, that orange, you know, and oh, it's a good, good 13, 14 bricks. And it's just the sweetest navel orange you've ever had and you know i do appreciate the imports from peru and chile and all the other countries i i I love them um but i always tell everybody and if you go back to my uh citrus showdown um of me doing the taste off on my youtube channel um i go back to the california it was the sumo but california navel was my second choice i mean that is a pristine piece of fruit and yeah i mean sometimes i when i go in and i see navel orange i'm like "Mm, is it gonna be that good Right. Is it? And I don't right. want to ruin my experience because I love citrus. Yeah, but you have you have the the pleasure of having that insight and that knowledge. I have a little, right? I have a little knowledge on that, right? Let's, exactly. Yeah, so, so whereas the the typical consumer does not, and so how many have we turned away that are, are buying those products in the off season? And you know, with citrus, I think there's plenty of things to fill up the the shelves with throughout the year. Um, but you know how many people have we turned away because they've had that bad taste or that oh, bad yeah. experience during an off season, not knowing that it was the off season. So, you know, those are, you know, everybody's talking about what can we do at retail? What can we do differently? What, how can we do different things? And, and I'd be real curious to get uh, in kind of some uh, feedback from, from retailers on going back to seasonality and looking at these numbers and, and putting, you know, quantitative reasoning behind the, the the need for seasonality versus year-round supply and and see what works what doesn't and, and all that from a testing standpoint and you know i just i think everything then trickles down to your earlier point about food waste your shrink goes down the waste goes down you know and all these fringe benefits from that um you know there's enough data here to support looking into it and and that's the best part of my job and the thing that that you know, really kind of keeps me going is when I can uncover things like this and look at, at, at this business in a, in a completely different light, having been on the supply side for so many years. So, um, yeah, for sure. I was going to say, I always go back to that. It's like, Matt has the best job in the world, everybody. He's not <laughs> in the produce actually selling fruit anymore. And we laugh about that, Matt and I, because we both worked for the same company back in the days and, and we yeah. know how to sell fruit. We know how to buy fruit. We know how to do it. And I'll tell you, it's, uh, 
there's a lot of special people out there, right, Matt? Oh yeah, yeah. I can, I can, I can honestly say, I don't miss the the phone call about a rejection or a late <laughs> oh, no. truck. You know, oh no, my my date is never late. So yeah, exactly, that, that's, you know, that's nice. exactly. The truck, your truck didn't break down in the data. But <laughs> you know what's crazy is I think there's a challenge here, and I think we need to get some of our industry leaders together. Um, I think we need to reach out to a few retailers, a few wholesalers, right? A few growers. And I think we need to have really a real talk on the podcast about some of this stuff. I mean, obviously there are things here that could show, right? Opportunity, right? They could show me what's the difference now. And again, the goal is, is just to get feedback. Why would it be good? Why wouldn't it be good? Because how we develop and figure things out Mm-hmm. is by coming together as a community and talking about it, right? Because once we talk about it, we can figure it out. Yeah, and, and to your point, we're bringing all parties together, right? So like exactly. you and I can look at the same chart and come up with two different things because of, of the different experiences we've had, which would be the same thing when we bring a retailer in and a grower in and a shipper in and all that because we can see and talk about different aspects of this. And somewhere in between there lies the solution. You know, and, and that's the best part. The data gets the conversation started and then the input from all the players and then slowly but surely you can create the solution. That's, I mean, that is the truth. And you know what's crazy is, so I say crazy because Martha has been training me on the, on the system. So I have been starting to learn uh, the system of ag tools. I'm understanding the shipping points, the terminal points. And you're so right because uh, when I have my monthly calls uh, with the Ag Tools team, you were so right because Martha every single time will go, hey, did you see? That's how mm-hmm. he's looking at it. Like you're <laughs> saying, everybody's had such different experiences. Like, like Martha says, everybody in the produce industry is smart. We're all smart people, but we right. all look at things through a different lens, right? Everybody does. And sometimes you look at through a, through a kaleidoscope, right? I mean, that's, right. that's yeah. really the produce industry is, is, a, is a kaleidoscope. Yeah. Um, but, it, but it is so true. Some of these uh, tools, some of these activities that are happening um, will help better prepare. And think about it. Let's do a current event, okay? The fires. I mean, right. how, yeah. are we gonna do, how are we going to forecast with what's going on? There's fires affecting the groves now, the, 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 the row crops. I mean, there's ashes in the fields. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the interesting thing about it is, so we're coming up to right now, for instance, uh, 96% of the volume is coming from Central California, where the fires are. And, and not only is the ash providing some, some challenges, but it's the, the cover from the smoke and the cloud cover. And, you know, so the byproduct of that is potentially shortening the season. And now we've got a gap on our hands before we move to the desert in, in Yuma, you know, for that, that piece and so what happens during those, those times? And so when we look at the data and pull up the end of October um, from last year when it was you know, fairly normal in, in regards to the season ending, and you can still see the, how, the, how the prices spiked. And so to see that data and to be able to prepare for it and to look at your retails, to look at your you know, supply and, and, and look ahead, everybody talks about uh, uh, you know, predictive analysis, but really it's forecasting. You know, it's looking, it's using history to look ahead. And, and that's what we're doing. And so with the, with the lettuce season, you know, I just uh, talking the other day about that. And so the big concern that we see with the data is what's going to happen if this cloud cover continues and a potential gap comes in. 
And what does that mean to the market? You know, jumping from, you know, 20 to $40 overnight. Yeah. And you know, what's crazy is, is we've seen certain companies jack prices up, right? Cause I have, I've seen some companies that have stayed true, uh, you know, not just honored contracts, but have not uh, raised their price during COVID. They've kind of been like, okay, we're going to keep a level price, but also it's not always going to be like that. So you're going to see different levels in different places. Some people might go up to a $40 bill. You know what I mean? When, when other people might still be at a $20 bill, we've seen that happen. I mean, we, we have, um, but the, the goal is, is like I said, to see the data and be able to talk about it. Because one thing that I've learned too, is that ready for this, just because a PO sells at $40 doesn't mean that's where the market's at. And right. when you look at the data, it shows the averages, you know, um, you know, real, real data points. But then, like I said, it won't all of a sudden show a $40 spike all the way up and then back down. No, there's not enough conclusive data to be able to monetize that whole $40 across the entire industry. It might be PO driven. It might be opportunity costs. It might be all that, um, but doesn't always necessarily where the market is. But then showing those gaps, as you and I were talking off the mic, when we can see gaps, in the Baltimore or the Chicago or, you know, go to the Southeast in Miami and start seeing mm -hmm. uh, gaps and trends are of pricing um, and looking at retailers and demographics. That's powerful because now we're able to look at this and really plan, not just with the notion of, Hey, we've got a million and a half cases of uh, citrus and peaches to sell and we're going to sell to these 20 customers. No, it gets right. beyond that. And you start really getting educated and getting experiencing more within your business. Yeah, and, and to finally have a tool where you can look at it and go, okay, during this time, I'm better selling off, selling my product to maximize return in this area, you know, or this area. And now it really becomes strategic, you know, from a shipper side, where can you maximize your return? And then from the retail side, when you're looking at the same thing, you're looking at, okay, where can I maximize my profit on the, on the retail pricing side of things? When the market's down, where should I be promoting? Where should I be, you know, did I capture these things? Even being able to go back and, and, and measure your own performance against the market is, is extremely valuable, you know? So it, it, uh, it, it's fun to see. It's, it's been long overdue, and I'm just excited to be a part of it. Well, everyone, you've heard it directly from Matt DeBoer at Ag Tools. Listen, you want a peach of me? That's what we just <laughs> talked about. And we're going to send this out into our mailer list so everybody gets a peach of Ag Tools. We're going to let our readers and our listeners uh, know what you guys are doing at Ag Tools. But Matt, I want to thank you for coming on the show today, talking about food waste, talking about data and insights, and really helping and growing the industry in, for the future. Always a pleasure, Patrick. I, I appreciate the time. What a peach of a time. I mean, hey, listen, we got to learn a lot about ag tools. And you want a peach of me? We will be sending out that article via our mailer. And if you're interested in getting a hold of our mailer, go ahead and send us a message on the Produce Industry Podcast website. It might be through the guest link, but go ahead. Send us a message and we will add you to the email list. Now for our featured guest, founder of Farmstar Living, Mary Blackman. Let's not keep her on hold much longer and let's get to some real talk. Hey, Mary, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Patrick. So happy to be here. I'm glad we finally got on the line and through all the scheduling conflicts we have, because it is a crazy time during this COVID pandemic for all businesses. And we finally got on the schedule and I'm excited that you're here today. So thank you for coming. Oh, I'm so happy to be here, Patrick. All good. Thank you. So I always like to start off with, you know, the relationship. How did we meet, right? And it's funny, our, our story's a little funny because I thought your business was something completely different 
uh, from what it really is. And I remember reaching out to you on Instagram and we started to connect. And then I was like, yeah, I, I, sh I think you have a really cool box business, right? It was like, I go, you do fresh home delivery, right? And your answer was? No. <laughs> It was a, great idea, but no. <laughs> I thought I thought I thought Farm Star Living was out delivering, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables from the farms. I mean, I really did. And some of the pictures you have, you know, through your Instagram and um, through your social media, it's impressive. So it's like you, you really sold me on something that really wasn't even there. I mean, I was already sold, Mary. Well, it's you know what I love to do is basically promote and support our farms and farmers and their food and let people understand what they are doing with their food, how they're bringing it to market and what makes them, you know, so passionate about what they do. And you know what? And that's kind of why I was so attracted towards farm star living. And I have to have to read uh, this quote off of your website. And it says, whether embarking on a farm visit, dining at a farm-to-table restaurant, or purchasing farm-fresh food, all these decisions support our farmers. It's a way of life we call Farm Star Living. And that's a powerful statement because I said off the mic, Diego, some people really think they're going direct. They really think they're purchasing from the grower or from the farmer. And in all reality, they're not. So that is a very powerful statement on your website. And I honestly, that's how I've been more drawn to learning about what you do and how you represent farmers. Well, thank you, Patrick. Um, you know, farmers really are the heart and soul of this country, in my opinion, and they need to be better understood and appreciated for what it is that they do. And I saw that firsthand when taking over my rice farm because I realized what people go through in the world of farming and agriculture and the disconnect that was happening with the public and with what was really going on behind the scenes and in the fields. And I felt that people would really um, come to love and appreciate what it is that they do and who they are, just like I was. And that's really why I wanted to start Farm Star Living so that people could better connect with this whole world, which was somewhat mysterious to people. And that was really the genesis of Farm Star Living. And I would say that it still is kind of uh, invisible to people. People don't really understand this life. It's so funny. I had a conversation um, with a marketing uh, gentleman earlier today, and he was focused on real estate, and that was their main business. He's like, I really don't know about produce and supply chain. He's like, can you just you know, give me the rundown? And, and I explained it all to him, but he didn't quite get it. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a certain level. I mean, it's, it's, it's experience. It's education within the produce and supply chain industry. I mean, listen, you're a fourth generation farmer. There's things that have been passed down to you uh, through generations, right? That you've learned. So of course we know it, right? Same thing. My father's been in the produce and supply chain um, almost all of his life. And some people just don't understand that aspect of it. And if you've seen or not seen Mary's page, farmstarliving.com. You got to check it out because it's got everything, you know, from watermelon month. It's got her the local farm on there. I've seen, I was telling Mary the other day, 
I was watching your videos on Fox and a few others because some of these videos that you're doing are attracting you um, to look at what these growers are doing. They're, they're making you understand, hey, wait a minute, where am I getting my product from? So I, I definitely think that you got to check out Farm Star Living. And Mary, you've done a great job with the website. I mean, I constantly go through it. I check up the updated recipes. I see some of the new partners that are coming on, you know, on and off all the time. So it's a, it's a great way to represent the farmer and what's happening within the produce industry. Oh, thank you, Patrick. Well, you know, I'm really passionate about what it is that I do because I serve so many um, deserving people and hardworking people being farmers. And another thing that really um, makes me excited to like get out of bed in the morning is also when people go to a grocery store and they see a brand or a label on, you know, whether it's cauliflower, broccoli, or onions or potatoes or anything, sometimes people don't understand that those labels, those brands actually are representing real farmers and in many instances, family farmers who've joined together to sell their products through that label. And I've also really loved working with different companies to help them champion their message and to give it a personal spin because that is really what it's all about. It's all these farmers coming together to do what they love and in a world that is very challenging, especially with mother nature, to do something that is so necessary and so important. And I want people to feel that passion like I do. I agree. I feel like I, I have that passion as well. And a lot of the people that I talk to are in the produce and supply chain industry and, I, and they have that passion. And it's hard to get to the to, to the consumer. I mean, let's be real. I mean, even, you know, like I said, the blogs, the podcasts, I mean, YouTube, anything that we do uh, to reach the consumer, to educate them on right, proper buying, proper purchasing, to make sure they know that one, we're growing, ready, ready, safe food for them. Because that's the biggest thing today too, is food safety to make sure we're, you know, buying and these companies that are, are being represented have the proper food safety, have the proper uh, guidelines to be able to be producing these things. Um, so, you know, that's the crazy thing about it. I mean, there's just so much in the supply chain and within produce and how do you get it all out there? I mean, what's well, one to do? You know, that's why transparency is so important. And one of the things that I've really loved to do, I'm in the, into my eighth year with Farmstar Living. Um, and one of the things I've really loved to do is go to farms and help people kind of go behind the velvet rope to see what it is that's going on at a farm. And I think that really benefits the company, the firm, as well as the consumers, because when they see that it is, you know, such a great operation, they kind of understand it better, then that's when you instill trust right? So it's about um, the more familiar you are with the process, the more um, relatable that company is. And it's not so like, ooh, big company. No, it's real farmers out in the field doing something that they're proud of, that they would feed their own children, and they would be immersed in day after day, year after year. And when I can expose that through Farm Star Living, whether it's through our content or videos or articles, or even social media, then I feel like I'm doing a great thing. That, that's me raising the flag for the farmer 
and for the consumer so they feel more comfortable and more excited about what it is that they're doing for their family. Yeah, what they're purchasing, what they're putting in their family's homes, what they're putting in their kids, you know, their kids, uh, their kids' bellies and everything. I, I'm going to stop for a second because okay. we have to go to the wait till you try this video. I, I watched that the other day and, and it had me cracking up because grandma was looking at you like, what are you like? What? Like it was so like, yeah, I paused okay. it a couple of times and rewinded it because then you were like, these are real mashed potatoes. This, this lady looked at you like you were crazy and I loved it. So oh, I'm so glad. It well, was, it was great. Thank you. Well, you know, um, I have been working very closely with Patandon and they are always innovating the most amazing products and they keep such a pulse on like what's healthy and yet what's so convenient for the consumers and i wanted the grandma to experience how she could make mashed potatoes mm -hmm. without without all the hassle the time the stress by using their new product actually so it is um something that we did in my kitchen and she truly was blown away by the Minute Mashers because it was done in minutes. And um, it was so fun and it was real. And she's 80 years young. 80 Ooh. years. <laughs> Woo -woo. Hey, she looked like she was having a good time. And it, it, I will tell you, um, we all do this, right? So we all, I think a, a while back, we bought some instant mashed potatoes. And it's like, you never eat them unless you have to. Like, it's always like one of those like, oh man, do we have a like... Do we have a can of cream corn? Do we have something we can just quickly make? Because sometimes that's life. Listen, when you have kids and e-learning and all this fun stuff, there's so much stuff going on. Sometimes that happens. So the other day, maybe a week ago, I did. I, I did the mashed potatoes from that box, that instant mat. No one ate them. That's the worst. No one ate no, them. See, they were my wife. My wife was like, "Why did you make these?" I was like, "Listen, I'm like, you were like, make something quick." I was like, "Okay, what can I make in like 15, 20 minutes?" No, no, no. From now on, uh-uh. Minute mashers. They're real and fresh potatoes. They're whole potatoes. You'll find it in the produce aisle. It's just starting to hit grocery stores. Boy, I, you can tell I really like them. But well, then you're gonna love them. Oh. I'm making them actually for dinner tonight. I'm making um, chicken. I'm gonna have the minute mashers. Um, I'm doing, I believe it's the buttery garlic one. They have a few different flavors. Ooh, and they got flavors. Okay. Yeah, and they, Oh, they do. They're delicious. They have three different flavors, like classic sea salt and pepper. They've got um, buttery roasted garlic and they've got another one um, that's, I think it's rosemary, but I, I'm, I don't want to misspeak, but they have three delicious flavors and I'm actually, I've got it on my counter right now for dinner. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Well, Mary, if anybody wants to get a hold of yourself or Farmstar Living, how can they get a hold of you? Well, I've got two ways. First of all, if you're interested in working with me and letting me come to your farm and do videos, we have a wonderful new site called farmstarlivingproductions.com. So you can see all of our video work. Um, but you could um, also visit me at farmstarliving.com where we have you know, dozens and dozens of, gosh, not even dozens, hundreds and hundreds of farms and foods and recipes and farm stars. And uh, yeah, so you could go either there and you can always email me personally, mary at farmstarliving.com. I love it. Well, again, farmstarliving.com. You have to check it out. You got to check out some of Mary's videos. Very personal with her videos. You're going to love it. She's got a lot of good recipes on the site, a lot of good resources as well. 
that really represents the farmer. So Mary, I want to thank you for coming on the Produce Industry Podcast today. Hey, thank you, Patrick. I loved it. Appreciate you. All right. We'll talk soon. It was great to talk to all three guests today. And you know what? I learned a lot. It was great to have them on the line talking real talk. So I'll see you on the next episode. You've been listening to the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get new, fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Produce Industry Podcast. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.